you a true motorsports enthusiast seeking premium safety equipment? Do you need expert advice to make the right choice? Look no further. Go to ogracing.com. The ultimate destination for high-quality motorsports gear. OG stocks. It's not OG. OG stocks products from the largest manufacturers, including Sparco, OMP, Alpine Stars, and much more. OG Racing is offering. It's OG is offering an exclusive 15% to our listeners. Use code SLIPANGLE15 at OGRacing.com during checkout. It's OG, Emma. You'll get free standard shipping on orders over $100. Don't miss out. Visit OGRacing.com and use SLIPANGLE15 at checkout. That's OGRacing and OGRacing.com and SLIPANGLE15 at checkout. For years, Slip Angle and Apex Pro have worked together to help make drivers faster. The all-new Apex Pro mobile app for iOS and Android is now available on the App Store and Google Play Store. Download the new app for free, create a user account to log as many laps as you'd like using your phone as the GPS source. Apex Pro is the app for timing your laps and logging your data at the track. With video recording and intuitive analysis features, plus the ability to easily share and compare data, Apex Pro is the best way to learn about your driving trackside. Apex Pro includes leaderboards so you can see where you stack up against other users, and Apex Pro lets you see other drivers on track in real time with the Crew View feature. Upload your data easily to FireLapse to compare with drivers using other data devices. Download for iOS and Android today by searching Apex Pro New. You got me all self-conscious, Abe. We're, um, we're under a canopy at Lime Rock Park. We're at the dino, the dino tent. We're staring at a golden god of a man. Yeah, Kevin, our timing and scoring buddy. Now he's a time attack driver because he's trying to take a year off and we're not letting him, but he's at all the events. So uh, he's working on an oil pan, I think, but he's got his shirt off and it is a, it is a sight. Yeah, he's very not tan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the CRX, he blew this thing up at Road America a few weeks ago. And uh, he just put a B16 in it overnight with James Morgan, like last week. I think it made one pole, the shift linkage broke, he put it in the trailer, and he took it to the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard life, man. Right now, track night in America, SCCA. Uh, they're, they're operating right now, and then we move in driver-wise in a couple hours. So. Yeah, I um I had a really interesting opportunity today. The direct flight out of Louisville is not a not a thing, but to get to here, you really have to be particular about. It's not like Chicago; you can't just pick, pick it. anything. Yeah, it doesn't exist. And so, um, my flight out to the East Coast was in the morning, and Kyle picked me up at about ten o'clock. And I said, "Kyle, are you up for an adventure?" And he said, "Yes." I'm surprised. So we drove <laughs> an hour out of the way from Hartford to go to New Haven. Yeah. And we got there before the pizza place opened. The place you were going to. The your, place I tried to go last year. Your adventure. Yeah. yeah, the place I tried to go last year. So we got there five or ten minutes before it opened, and the line was 30 people long. No way. It's Thursday at 11.30, yeah. and the line is 30 people long. That's a big lunch crowd when you're not even open. And we ended up getting a table, and we got pizza, and it was superb. Sally's in Sally's. New Haven? Yeah, in New Haven. And you said that, uh, uh, what's his face from Barstool Sports, said it was one of the best pizza places he's ever been to, right? Yeah, and uh, I agree. It was both That's wild. 
chewy and crispy and delicious. <laughs> and you had a had a piece. I had a cold piece afterwards here. It was just very good. Pretty good. Didn't suck at all. But man, Pete making all the noise with that jack, dude. It's a yeah. it's a whole thing here. He's really a jackass, yeah, really. He's, he's only got one jack. If he needed two, he'd be one jack off. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me all subconscious uh, because you said that. Uh, on the podcast, I've never used headphones. Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't. Okay. Well, I've never used headphones, and I'm hearing things differently now. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say it. Good idea. No, you should not say the thing. Okay. Uh, I, I won't say it. I won't say it. Everybody knows. I don't know that they do. But well, now I know. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so moving on. We're, we, uh, we're we've been at a lot of events. Uh, you went to NJMP, and I didn't go. Yeah. First event that we've ever done a rental for that I skipped. I did skip Barbara, but we didn't rent it. Um, what's uh, what's the last month of your life been like? <laughs> I mean, I, you and I haven't recorded together very much. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, it maybe from the outside seems like working grid life and doing all these things is glamorous, fun, and exciting. It's the fucking worst. It is, um, <laughs> and, and I don't I don't feel ashamed in saying this. You, we have been. Together as friends and coworkers for eight years. Yeah, and you've been doing the podcast with me for what six, seven? Yeah, probably. I, I my first episode was episode one hundred. Yeah, and we're on five forty ish now. Yeah. Yep. Um, this some year, say it's too many. We've done we've done too many. <laughs> this year has been the absolute hardest. Yeah, it has. From like interpersonal. Like just fatigue and rigor and seriousness of the events, it's been hard. And I think yeah. you and I have since recorded some shows. Yeah. Um, but there were like periods of time where we were not, we, we were not pleased to be working with each other for. I, a little. I mean, I don't think it was so. It was like three days where we were mad at each other this year. That's, that's the first time we've ever been mad. That's more days than it has ever been. Yeah, um, it's the first time we've ever been mad at each other. We both had a good reason to be mad at the other person too. Um, but yeah, it, uh, that was what rev up. Yeah, that was rev up. Yeah, a long and time ago. we rev up I, seems like a year ago. It, yeah, I mean, virtually I, I it was most of the season. Rev ago. up. Everyone expected rev up to feel like the old special stage, which yeah. was kind of like the chill event. Yeah. And the years, I mean, it, special stage. The year's always over, and it's just like a fun track day event at, at Gingerman. Right. Rev up was like it was intense. It was a rev up to fe- festival, yeah. and it was. We had like 100 Time Attack cars, 90 DE cars. Um, it was a busy event. We had it's a couple hard. hundred cars. That tr- it wasn't hard, but it wasn't easy. Like, it was just it was just work. It was a lot of work, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, it's, it's, I, for me, it's been kind of cool going back and forth from the new Time Attack format for festival rounds, the podium sprint, qualifying, et cetera, to traditional style as well. Like, I like them both. I like them for different reasons. Sure. Um, this weekend we're doing we're at Lime Rock right now we said and we're doing traditional every run counts fastest of the weekend wins because we don't have a Sunday right because they're not allowed to run Sundays here um, because of noise things but uh, yeah I'm I'm fine with either way I don't that that hasn't like weighed into like my liking events more or less because I like them both still I like them for different reasons sure. now podium sprint like stresses me out though it, but it's so cool on the stream I can say that. For, for any grid-related thing, maybe yeah. except for drift, I feel comfortable being 
kind of the person at release. The pit out. Pit out, managing that stuff. It's not super hard. You just got to make sure you get their helmets tied and then releasing them at the right time. And you release them at the right time. I do not today feel like I could do the release for a podium squid. It's hard. And I... I had, so before CMP, I had it all sorted out in my head. And I've come to the conclusion that podium sprints works really well at a minute 30, minute 40 track. It's like perfect. Yep. You get it at like two or three minute track, and I don't want to do it there. Well, I don't want to do it at the Glen even if it's dry. I, I think you're right. And the reason, um, the analogy that I can make is I know how to juggle. Right. Um, not super well, but I do know how. Um, juggling three balls... There is like there is a motion that you follow to do it. Right. Um, it seems natural to say that if you add one more ball, it shouldn't change everything, but it does. Probably quadruples your uh, your error rate. Like the the hand yeah. movements are completely right. like totally everything is totally different. Yep. I think three cars on track at a time is procedural and it, it is easy yep. to figure out. And it works really well four, for the live stream as well. Four is really yeah. hard. Uh, four makes it hard for the... We tried to do that at Watkins Glen, but then it was also in the rain, which is a treacherous track. It's a difficult track. It's scary. And like, so drivers, the pace differential was huge at Watkins Glen because uh, it was terrible conditions. Yep. Uh, like the fits were some of the faster cars. Club TR cars were like the faster cars and everybody else was like, F this. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it, was, it was really difficult. Um, but like at Mid Ohio, CMP, and Gingerman, like we basically nailed podium sprints. Yes. Um, had one uh, one one mistake on release because like somebody came up and was talking to us, and like I I missed I missed one, or no the tra- track ba- or the track mod cars got released from false grid late. Oh. Because there was too much radio chatter and they didn't hear me, and so they were like a minute late, and it threw me off big time. I believe that. Um, like because we, we're talking like. I need this down to like, I have a I have a ten second window left or right or front or behind a car, that I need it to be in that window. Yeah. I got I got like a twenty second margin of error. It's got to be in in there somewhere. Well, it's like it is really well orchestrated. If you have the right length track and it's dry and you do it all correctly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So Chris Borsma got released at the wrong time and it made a big old kerfuffle. But uh, all's well that ends well there. But um, yeah, I I enjoyed podium sprint, but it stresses me way out. Yeah. Um, and, and you and I have talked about goals and motivations for, for next year. I, I will argue with everyone who will listen that we have to bring battles back yeah, you, somehow. You want to do, uh, do a speed ring. I want to do a speed ring. No. What do you think is the best place for a speed ring? Gingerman. Putnam. Yep. PPIR. PPIR would be a good place for it, actually. Um... Gingerman, like, to me, Gingerman is the best because you don't have to see the entire lap. Mm-hmm. You, you just see, see stuff that matters. You just see what happens as they come up the hill and how close they are, and that last corner makes or breaks everything. Yeah, you want to explain to uh, listeners what's, what speed ring was, what brackets are? So, uh, for those who maybe didn't listen to the really old episodes... Was it, a long, it was 2019. We did it last time. Yeah. Um, it's two cars released on track at the same time and the competition is for the driver in front to stretch the gap and the driver in the back to maintain or close the gap. Right. And using the times from the timing system, 
we can measure the delta between cars. Yeah. And so as they cross the start finish line, we can measure the delta. Mm -hmm. And as they finish the lap, if the delta is smaller, the driver in the back wins. Yep. But the exciting thing about it is that there's no passing allowed. So the obligation, it's a little bit like FD in that um, the, the driver in the back, their only obligation is to stay close. Right. But because, the, because they have to close the gap, there has to be just enough room for yep. them to close. Right. They have to. We, we were. What was our. Ten car lengths. Yeah. Our rule of thumb was like two seconds, ten car lengths, I think. And so uh, people who were competitive and smart would, you know, have just a little bit of a gap mm -hmm. at the cross uh, of the beginning of the first lap. Yeah. When they, when they, they went across the time. And they would just close, 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 right. close. And as they got to the finish line, they would win the heat. Right. We did best of three, which means that they would change positions, and... If they win it, then if they they, win they're both, done after two. Then they go, uh, they go on to the next round. Right. And, and four wheels off as a DQ. Uh, but best of three gave everybody, like, you could make one mistake. Like, you could, ha you could bobble a lap, lose it, and then you had to beat the next guy twice. But, but. If, you were, if you were a four wheels off as either position, DQ. you were out, out. Yep. And um, it, it provided, like, the right kind of stress and urgency yeah. and intensity to make the event both fun to drive and fun to watch. It was uh, Speed Ring 2019 was kind of when we had the most dialed. And that was also early high quality live stream for us. That live stream is still fun to watch. It is. And I remember because I was like point of release and also lead flagger at, at M1 Concourse. And I remember feeling like oh my gosh we've never been more dialed like we were nailing it that yeah. day yeah, and, and you had all these moving pieces too like we're looking for this car I'm looking for this car like yeah, somebody had to tell them who won or if there's a one more time get them back in line you know we gave them a slight win like we were juggling so many and things that was the event was that James fun. Houghton I think drove three cars yeah he drove uh, the Integra yeah the Evo yeah. and that EG yeah his buddy's uh, or his brother-in-law I think is he it's an, it was a street class EG with a built K, K24 yeah um, that that event was special to yeah, me was, that was and a good one and that you, event had a big payout provided by Motovicity yep yeah. rest in peace yep R.I.P. Um, well, they're still around. They're just called Turn 14 now. So yeah. <laughs> they just um, disappeared after that event. It, it's just such a unique format. And the reason I think it was so special is because it was challenging for me as a, as a worker of the event. It right. was difficult to execute, and that made it fun. Yep. Um, as a driver, it was intense, and I think that made it fun. And it's so easy to spectate and recognize who wins. Mm -hmm. It's similar to drag racing, where like yes. you you don't have to be an expert to be able to watch it and go like, yeah, I get that. That's cool. Yep. Remember when we first did it, people were like, that's not time attack. And we were like, yeah, it's a competition for time attack cars. It's not time attack. It's different. But it's a competition but for time attack. Dope. It was cool. I, I remember like a thousand people on the fence at Midwest. Yep. Just as many people as watched Drift were watching right. Time Attack that year. And that was like, I mean, it was a pretty big Midwest, but it was still like... You know, not insane numbers. It was like a wet day, and yeah. Um, but it was it was exactly it was easy. That's part of the reason that GLTC was kind of designed was to have context for drivers. That was 2018 when we did that at Midwest. Yep. Um, it was my favorite year. It was your favorite year. Yep. 2019 was I think my favorite year. That was first year at GLTC. Uh, 
2018 was the year that the Crispy video d- came out as well. Yeah, it was. I think maybe that's why I like that video so much yep. is because it's also my favorite. That one song is rad, too. Like it once is. every two weeks, I text you the, the YouTube for that song. It just pops up. I'm like, man, Abe likes this song. So do I. Um, I, I talked to him at, I talked to Chris at. Oh. He's been with Toyo at festivals with us this year. Yeah, what events would I, what event CMP this year would I have seen him? CMP Midwest. It would have been at Midwest. I told yep. him how much I loved the soundtrack for that video and yep. how how perfectly I thought that the tone of the video matched yep. the tone of the event. And I didn't tell him this. I don't like watching the Road Atlanta video. I don't like it at all. I like the I like the beginning of that video. And the reason I don't like it, it's too heavy. It's it, it like, is heavy. The event is heavy and I I just Yeah. I just didn't like how I feel when I watch it. Because it felt like a very good, it, like that, that Rolanda video like represented my feelings at that event. <laughs> like the way he did it, I was like, that's how I felt. <laughs> it was hard as shit. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the, his recap videos are fun. He does a good job with those. He did one here last year, and we also did one, and I like them equally. I do like the soundtrack that Creature did on the Grid Life one more. Do you? Yeah, I think it's it's like a cool song, and it like ramps up in intensity. Crispy's is much more like fun and light, mm-hmm. which is kind of a representation of the event. But I'm um, nervous about this weekend. Why? Because last year felt so special. Oh yeah, it's probably not going to be that perfect, I, or it might be better. I mean, I hope. We got a lot. But, of, we got a lot of drift cars. I'm worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I think it would be really really difficult to replicate how. Fun and light. This event. I was can't last put year. my finger on why last year was so good. I can't actually put my finger on it. I don't know. And I, yeah, like, and everybody said that too. They're like, "Man, it was so good." But I really don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it it was at like it was a pre, it, the, it, the weather was worse than it's going to be this weekend, like heat wise. It might rain tomorrow, but Saturday looks perfect here. Um, there's just there is something about the vibes of this place, though. Like I can pick up on it. I just like being here. We drove in last night, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this place. Yeah. Like, I like being here. Well, when I um, landed in Connecticut at, at Bradley, right. I'm, you know, a couple hundred feet off the ground, and there's mountains everywhere, and everything's green, and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. The drive-in here is amazing. I was just like, oh, it's my amazing. God, I, I would love to live here. Yep. I could totally live within 50 miles of this place. I just like the area. Like, the ruralness, but also the towns are all... They're like rad little towns. They're yep. very cool. Yep. Um, so what are you looking forward to this weekend? We've got Drift, and we've got about a zillion time attack cars. Yeah. And We're down to 101. God. <laughs> it was supposedly 110. <laughs> and, and in this case, you bought back tickets. I did, I did buy back tickets because I wanted less. Um, I, want, I want there to be five run groups, 20, and then like 18, 19 once we get some attrition, which is where we'll be. Yeah, sure. I didn't want 25 cars. That's too many. You know, yeah. It's too many for this place. We, so, did, we did Jill to see with 34, 38 here, I think, with staff last year, and it was busy, but uh, that's wheel to wheel. I think in a time attack environment, it's actually, you can probably, if all the drivers did things correctly, you could put 25, but it'd be too many. Well, it is a festival, which means that it's going to be a black flag extravaganza. Don't say that. Don't say that yet. Uh, but there is possibility for it. <laughs> the The drivers have to do everything right in the warm-up lap. Yeah. They have to have hot, fast warm-up laps. And if they break down, they need to get in, into a good place. Yeah. There's a bunch of places to hide here. Are there orange cutouts here? Yeah, it's track? FIA grade three, I think. And it's got, there's orange cutouts everywhere. There's also the uh, the short shoot S's bypassing the hill. Um, I've never been on track here. You haven't? No. Well, we should, we should take you around tonight. I'll take the uh, um, Hyundai. 
Yeah, there's... Uh, well, I mean, we can't put a car out. We can take you out there. I can scoot? Yeah, we can probably take you out there in the golf carts. We need to park a lot of cars first. But, yeah, there's short shoot S's. At the end of the San Posey Strait, the front straight, there is... Basically, you can... There's like a straight braking area if you like miss your braking zone. Sure. You slow you down and then you can drive behind some tire barriers and be in a safe spot. That's a good spot. And then like every turn, either right or left, has an orange cutout and a break in the wall. You can't, you can, you can be retrieved from like turn two, three, there's right-hander, left-hander. You can be retrieved from that side, from the backside of the paddock. The rest of them, basically you're in a spot and they got to go get you. And then at the, at the crossover where you drive across with big rigs, because the bridge here can only hold 20,000 pounds because it's an old Bailey bridge from World War II that they, they, like, cross the rivers in France after D-Day and shit with. Um, there's a big cutout back there at the crossover point as well. That's bef- right before the downhill right here. Yep. So, yeah. But yeah a, lot of, a lot of places to hide. If the drivers, if the drivers do an 80% quality effort, we'll be in good shape. But if they don't, it's going to be a tough one. So. What um, what else is happening here this weekend? Uh, I, I saw on Instagram that T Pain will be here. He'll be drifting. His first time he ever drifted was at twenty eighteen or nineteen, I think, at Road, Road Atlanta. Atlanta. And uh, now he's got like he's got a fucking semi, like he's into it, like deep into it. Um, so that'll be cool. And if uh, if anyone doesn't already know this about me, I. I appreciate drifting for what it is very much. Yeah. I try to not be anywhere near it because breathing tire smoke it's probably bad cannot be good for you. It can't be good for no, it's it's probably a particulate matter that stays with you for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. And I didn't used to be as mindful of risk as I am now. Yeah. And I, I think as a consequence of my regular job, I just think about everything. When I, when and I'm not a worry person, yeah. but I do what I can to not be what I think is reckless. When I see the, the drift cloud, if I'm in a cloud, I breathe in and then I don't breathe when I'm in the cloud. If I, if I were you, I would wear a respirator. Yeah, but I gotta talk to the drivers. Man. And they gotta be able to read my lips because they can't fucking hear me. Oh. But yeah, the... Uh, there's usually not, like, wherever I'm standing, there's typically not that much. A PPIR there was. There is, yes. That one's bad. That one's real and bad. And especially when the, when, we were, when the wind would shift, it would be, like, in your face. Um, at Midwest Festival, it depends on the wind. It can be bad up by turn one. So. And uh, in that case, depending on the direction of the wind, it can come back into the paddock, right. which I don't really like. But The... Uh, Midwest Festival, I usually walk out near the end of the rail by turn one to make sure we don't get spectators walking down the hill because there's like a pretty steep little embankment and they're on top of it and there's usually banner, a banner fence. But you could just walk right out if you wanted to. If you, if you were to be a dummy. People have. And I've had to like shut the track down. Because they're uh, dummies. Yeah, because they're dummies. So you got to watch out for dummies. That's always my job is to watch out for dummies. This track, a little bit, it's a little bit we more. We had a pro. dummy here last year. That person had a medical emergency, but they were a dummy. They were a dummy, but they didn't even know this was a racetrack. They came off the Appalachian Trail, all dehydrated yeah. and yeah. confused. Yeah, literally thought it was a road. They're like, "Oh, I found civilization." Like, climbed through a photographer hole and found civilization by walking next to an advanced DE session. And they were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like a 350Z like stops because he's like, I don't know what this is as a backpacker. Dude. This the track said that they've still never seen that again. They didn't see it at all since then. It was the first time they'd ever had that too. So. That's wild. They um, thought it was just like a drunk idiot. 
Well, like I mean, a drunk that's... grid life idiot. And I was like, why is that? Why is there a drunk grid life idiot? And I was very <laughs> relieved to find out that it was not a drunk grid life idiot. Oh man, yeah. um, what uh, uh, what what did you think about Mid Ohio? It, I spent almost all of my time yeah. at Impound. That's true. Um, you were there a lot. Interestingly, I had my car with me, and on the big center screen, mm-hmm. I watched the stream. Yeah. So I watched the race and was kind of aware it was what was happening and who rad. was going to be coming in. And the car was parked right next to the scales. And right. so when they rolled into Impound, I had everything prepared. Yep. I was ready to check weights. I had all the stuff on Torque Hub that I could uh, check their Impound data. It, yep. it was really nice, actually. Now, doing Impound up there, we did it in the like the classroom, quote unquote. By over, over by the gas station? Yep, right next to the gas station. They call that the Cooper Tire Building, but it's it's the one with the loading dock next, between the gas station and the loading dock, effectively. And uh, yeah, that worked out really good. We had the dyno right there, too, which yep. is a good place for the dyno because it didn't bother anybody. Uh, so. I did do a little exploring. So I now, when I go to a racetrack, I care desperately about where the 50 amp power is. Yeah. Um, there are so, so many by the classroom. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yep. Now we know. Yeah, I've never looked around there. I I noticed it when we were setting up the dyno. I was helping Josh set this thing up, and I was like, oh, there's a bunch of 50s up here. Yeah. There's actually more power at Mid-Ohio than you think. Yeah. Um, when it's turned on and when it works. doesn't always work, but when they get it working, like there's a bunch of it. So. Um, it's it's super nice. I was able to drive all the way home without charging, which it's is nice. great. It's like 280 miles or How something. How low did it get then? It's down to like 10%. 10? That's not bad. Yeah. So that's, that's like an effective range of almost 300 miles. Yeah. yeah. And you can be, so it will estimate your range with a pretty high degree of accuracy. Right. Unless the weather is variable in some way that the, the learning hasn't accounted yeah. for. Like if, if the wind was like a 20 mile an hour headwind yeah. and you had the AC on full blast because mm-hmm. it was 90 degrees out or 95 degrees out, yeah. you might use more power than you think. And if it's cold... If, you, if it's real cold, those things also yes. don't have as much range, too. I, I really don't expect for us, I don't expect that we'll be taking many super long trips in the yeah. middle of winter where it would be a problem. Right. So, like... I've heard it can be cut in half if it gets real cold. Uh, but it doesn't get super cold by you, typically. Not really, no. Yeah. You'll have yeah. some days, but... But on top of that, it's 20 miles back to my house from right. work, so... What did you think of Drift at Mid-Ohio? Um, did you get a chance to watch it at all? I didn't watch very much of it. No, it, I did not. It sure looked good on video. I didn't really get to see much of it because I was in hot pits the whole time. Well, I was in impound most of the time. Yeah, so. yeah the the uh, turn one, uh, there was only like a couple people that drifted it, and it looked really cool from hot pits. So that was <laughs> really, and I could see like the backside, I could see the smoke in the carousel, and then the cars would straighten out on the front straight, and that was all the drifting I saw. <laughs> so. um, I will say that impound was uh, challenging. It's a busy one. It was very, a lot very busy. Uh, Time Attack, I thought, impounded really nicely. A couple of drivers were in Club TR were insanely close to their yeah. minimums. Peter Granberg's like five pounds or something. Yeah, it was. It was that's that's I, a lightweight BRZ. I couldn't believe he got it that light. That's so light. Um, Those are not light cars. That's not a 2,550 pound car with a driver, but it is. His is. Yeah, and if you compare, I think Dana's is almost 2,800. Right. And I know Dana's has a cage, but. Yeah. That's still a lot. I don't know where Peter found all that weight reduction. The car's got to be cut up. I don't know. Yeah, pretty um, well. I mean, Peter's not a huge dude, but like neither's Dana. You're right. Like they're they're not like big, huge, three hundred pound Vikings. So, but the GLTC impound was tough. Yeah, 
And we DQ'd three, three out of the four winning cars. And I, I hope that drivers will listen and message me and tell me that I am wrong. Right. I talked a little bit with Aaron about this. I believe that the the tunes in a lot of these cars are not compensating based on a MAF reading. Oh, almost none of them are. And I most, most standalones use a speed density ma- ma- uh, manifold absolute pressure. Well, there's yeah. your problem. That is your problem. Yep. And like the weather is so variable. Right. Uh, even density, day to day, humidity, and everything. Yeah. It matters, especially if you're going to be real, real it's, close. It's five or eight horsepower, like especially on a car that's being choked down so hard. Like because they want to make power. Yeah. You get a nice dense day, and you tuned it when it was in '89 and humid. Or you were just in the dyno last night. Yeah, and it might have been way more humid. Yep. The humidity went away on Saturday there. So nice. Yeah, it was actually very nice. Um. So yeah, I I hope that more drivers are not so close. I think drivers need to they need to throw a few horsepower on, and they should have twenty extra pounds, and it would get by most of the time. Yeah, they need to they need to claim a couple more or claim more horsepower than they have. Just For sure. have got to have a buffer. Yep. I, I'm not convinced that five horsepower and hundred pounds would make anybody necessarily lose a GLTC race because we saw how uh, we saw how much rewards weight. It was like it's almost six percent rewards weight before it starts making a difference, which is a lot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like in especially in a big car like a Corvette, you're not changing things so much by adding a hundred pounds. But well, and I think if you're a winning driver in a winning capable car, you don't need to be close, right? Because you'll probably win anyway. I mean, these drivers want all the chances they can get, but it just it like bums. They want every they want all the tools that they have, and but it bums me out to like send Swenson home to Minnesota. And, like, basically ruin his weekend. You know what I mean? Like, effectively. Sure. Just, yeah, it sucks. Like, Matan, like, sucked. That sucked. Like, I loved, I, I love watching Matan drive. And, it, like, I'm so stoked to see, like, a young, hardworking dude win a race. Sure. And it sucks to see him not win. That said, uh, Luke told me that when his car was on the dyno yeah. on what, Thursday or whatever. Yep. Uh, it was low on power, and he was tempted to to, to turn it up. So and Luke, or not Luke, Eric was er- like, Eric you Levine. most certainly will not. Yeah, Eric Levine was like, no, we need a buffer. And he saw it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that sucked. But it is what it is. Nothing we can do about it. Um, I did get compliments from non-drivers and people that have been critical, um, you know, a little lizard brainy about things. I, no. did, I did get uh, compliments about the way we handled GLTC professionally from people that I wouldn't expect compliments from. So that was <laughs> that was unexpected. So. Yeah, well, um, you know, I would say like most of the drivers were completely understanding, or I think all of them were understanding. It they were all disappointed, obviously. But in those cases, if it's if it's my call yeah. to be right, yeah. I check and I check yep. and I check, and then I ask Renee to check my math. Right. And yep. uh, in one case, even uh, I think one of the drivers made a like a, a numerical error mm-hmm. in how they calculate. Okay. And the difference was small, but it was enough. Right. And so, just based on like how you combine and multiply numbers, in this case, matters. Yeah. Yeah, I hate the dyno, and I love the dyno, but I hate it more than I love it nowadays. Nope. Um, it's been it's been a good thing for the competition, but it's just a, I don't know, it's just one more thing. 
It is one more thing. Just one more thing. But if you are coming to a Grid Life event and there is a dyno, uh, you can pay to run on it. Can. It is inexpensive, and it will help us pay for the dyno. Yeah, the dyno's getting close to being paid for. Yay. So, yeah, that'll, be, that'll be good. <laughs> All these giant investments every year. Well, but this is only the second year that we've had it, right? Yeah, yeah we bought it early last year. So April. we've got to be close, don't we? Yeah, we're getting very close. Man. Even with paying people to operate it. Because, nice. like, Josh fed us. He towed it out there. So we paid his, paid, obviously paid his travel. It comes from a long way away. And, uh, and then I could take my car. The main reason I want to take my car was my enclosed trailer has bunkhouses in it. So I can fold on the beds, volunteer, sleep in the trailer. And I could take my car so Levine could finish the tune. And, uh, and then I drove a little bit on Sunday, but not much. But, uh, yeah, it was nice to, uh, nice to not have to tow it myself. Um, something I saw yesterday you're not on facebook anymore but eric mellows was busy trolling people I saw that and uh you know somebody, the somebody screenshot that and sent it to me the um the, grid life has put together like a promotional image yeah, like the dry the driver the driver can put a picture of their car and it's like you know featured driver or gltc driver and and somebody put the dyno G- gltc on. competitor and it was the dyno <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might have happened it wasn't my dyno, but it's definitely a dyno built by somebody that or built by the same company. It was very similar. <laughs> well, um, dyno jets, I think, are really interesting because they are—they're just like mechanical. Uh, it's a hall work. effect. It's a hall effect sensor and a known weight, known known circumference wheel, yeah. effectively. And so yeah. it takes a known quantity of mm-hmm. work to spin it up at yep. a certain speed. And there is uh, there is the weather station on the on the on the actual computer for the dyno. But it's just measuring humidity and like and temperature, and it's correcting for that. But it ain't a lot of correction when you're on SAE five, which is what our specified ones. And what I, what I will say though, putting a single barrel, I think a barrel is about five thousand pounds. I yeah. think that's what I heard. Um, I think it's thirty two hundred pounds. Is it? I think so. I'm um, vaguely remembering this. Having a dyno built into a trailer means that the trailer is like a bespoke thing. They mm-hmm. don't. This like, is very custom. Um, to have an all-wheel drive mm-hmm. dyno jet would be unbelievably complicated, oh, in yeah. my opinion. The other thing about all-wheel drive is one of the one of the it's basically two two forty eights, which is this, and one of them needs to be able to move for wheelbase, right. and then there's a drive shaft that connects them. See, on the other side, you'll see that it's splined going out of there, uh-huh. and they make like a gearbox that connects them. It's sure. pretty wild. Uh, sure, it's a big old thing. Um, but yeah, that that exists. There are all-wheel drive trailer dynos. There ain't a lot of them. Probably yeah. a $200,000 machine. Well, and uh, this I, thing I'm, brand I'm new calling like somebody out. Sean, Sean Krebsback built a GLTC car, but we yeah. haven't seen him We did see him once, once. but the car broke. broke a lot. A lot of smoke. Was that in Midwest? Yeah. Okay. A lot of smoke. But, I mean, we do have the other way, which in the rules it says if we can't dyno the car, we will monitor acceleration rate, yep. which according to multiple people that are very, uh, we're used, we use AIM solos for that. Very people who are, many people who are very familiar with it, that acceleration rate, you know, the ramp angle in the data, like you can see five horsepower if somebody's off too much. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, I mean, we're going to have, we're, it's amazing how actually close all those things are oh, sure. on, on, in GLTC when you overlay 10 different cars. In a lot of cases, I feel like the advantage one car over another, especially at the front, are just the number of gear changes a driver has to make and yeah. how fast they make it. And the final, and like the actual mathematical gearing. Um, I've heard that a certain S2000 driver um, has gone to a 4.7 
instead of a 430 or whatever, which is factory, final drive. Okay. Um, and the 5.6 shift in an S2000 is like the closest 5.6 shift like of, of any car. Uh-huh. Um, and most people aren't going to 6th. Correct. But this dude's now going to 6th. And guess who had like the second highest mile per hour at Road America? Yep. This same, dude. Same person. Yeah. This, this driver did well there because his gearing, you know, at... His gearing was so close in his five six shift, which matters the most for your mile per hour. Car is freight training; like it was fast. Yep. So, well, um, we're thirty five minutes into a show. It sounds like a show. We should probably go do some more. Oh work. my so. goodness! Oh it's man! Zach Lavoie and Peter yep. and I saw Pete, Tom, and somebody else. I don't know him. I think that's. Uh, I think that that dude is one of the ASM mechanics. Uh, uh D- Dakota. I want to say that's Dakota. Yeah. Might be. I'm not sure. Man, that fit with a cup bumper looks sick. Still lust after fits, dude. Fits I, I I don't. I've been loving. I've been loving my <laughs> Tesla, man. Fits are the best, man. But Derby's taken mild car to the track a bunch. I think already. Yeah, he's getting the use out of it. Yeah, for sure. So cool, man. We did a show. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you're not a Patreon, maybe start or mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, or don't. I don't know. And uh, we Once really we get appreciate everybody listening. This is this last month has been like our most aggressive month. Uh, ever as far as events. So, yeah, we missed a little bit here and there, but uh, the next three events are spread out with halfway decent space. Sure. So I think we'll, we can get back to our normal life a little and bit. And I think in this episode, I'm going to make a note to myself to um, put a poll yeah. in the Spotify okay. to ask you all what kinds of shows you like the most. Are they shows that we have a guest and a kind of a structured interview format or, or us just bullshitting or Adam and I just bullshitting or multiple people or you interviewing someone and me interviewing someone. So we, those are kind we'll, of the five. We'll kind we of do. give you the options, but I'd really like to hear what makes you want to listen to the show. I know that audio quality is a, an well, issue. Abe's working on it. I'm trying. Um, and <laughs> you I got good at editing. I got thing. a board for Adam, yeah. uh, so that things will be a little bit better. But when we're recording at the racetrack, there's always going to be race cars in the background. Usually. Or drunk people. Fitz going by right now. Yeah. Mini. Yeah, there's always something. Mini. Yeah, there's a red fit with a cut rear bumper that looks cool, man. I want to cut mine now. Well, um, I think we need to do another show here soon, but we should get a guest. So thanks for listening. All right, man. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid live to say hello. Hello.